Welcome to Season 2 of the Basics of Life Conversations with Rob Salvato. You know, I mean, the first one, I mean, when I really tried to push Joey away, I mean, he had to choose to forgive me. And I mean, I blew it big and he still chose to stick around, you know, because God's miraculous that way. Um, you know, but I think the anxiety and the fear um, for me, it was going, all right, I am no longer capable of handling this by myself. Um, and so I went back to counseling and um, got some friends that I could call if, you know, if things were not getting to a good point and, and all of that. And I did the work. I mean, there's kind of not a way around it. It's just through. Today on the Basics of Life Conversations, my guest is Carrie Trent Stageberg. Carrie is the CEO of Strong Families, a ministry she helps lead with her dad, Dr. John Trent. The focus of Strong Families is helping imperfect families build great relationships. Carrie is an author and a gifted communicator. In this conversation, Carrie and I talk about her story, about marriage, and the work that God does in helping two very different people learn how to merge together with one heart and purpose in their relationship. And so now, here is my conversation with Carrie Trent Stageberg. Well, welcome to the program, Carrie. Thank you so much, Rob. Excited to be here. Yeah, it's so great to have you on the program. Looking forward to this conversation. And you were a guest on our program in season one last year, January 29th of 2020, where you told your story and a powerful part of your ministry has been really your willingness to talk about having been in an abusive relationship and how you got out of it. Can you just briefly um, take us through that story for maybe those who haven't heard it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I think for anyone who's been in abuse or has a loved one who has, um, I never thought that that would be my story. And I really didn't know much about abuse until I found myself smack dab in the middle of it. And uh, my story is a little unique. Um, Grew up obviously in a home that, you know, my dad is in marriage and family ministry and uh, great parents and all of that. And I just really walked away from my faith for a long time because God felt incredibly abstract. Um, And long story really short, I ended up eloping, shocking my whole family, which isn't the best thing to do when you have a dad ministry or parents in general, really at all. (laughs) Especially Um, marriage and family ministry. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. I put them through it. That's for sure. Um, and essentially that relationship was abusive in, in any definition that you can look at. And, um, the Lord literally rescued me out of that. And, um, after lots of healing and reconciliation, um, you know, I've, you know, been able to, I married a great guy, Joey, we've been married for almost five years now and God has really rebuilt the pieces. Um, but yeah, a huge part of what I do now is help people who are in abuse, discover, you know, it's hard to uncover that it's abuse to begin with sometimes and then have a really clear plan on how they can either walk into healing with that person or, you know, if God has a different plan, what that might look like for them. I love that. And, you know, so can you just elaborate a little bit more on how your past relationship has really affected what you do today? Yeah, I mean, I think without that piece, one, I mean, I'm pretty, uh, pretty strong willed. And it it took a lot for me to finally kind of say, you know what, God, your way, not my way. Mm. So I think first and foremost, it really, um, 
it established my faith in a, in a way where the only option was God, mm-hmm. um, which is a beautiful thing, hindsight, when you look at it, because when the only option is God, that's when he can really do miracles and begin to have, when he has that full control, he can do anything. Um, so it really re- rebuilt my faith, um, which is a huge part of where I am today. And it also, it, it's helped me in a lot of ways, know what I wanted, what I didn't want. And I was desperate to discover what healthy relationships looked like mm-hmm. and if they were even possible, um, which is a huge part of what my dad and I do today at strong families is, help people build those healthy and strong relationships. Yeah. And you guys do an amazing job with that. And, you know, when you were talking, I thought about that, that saying where it says that until a man comes to the end of himself or when a man comes to the end of himself, he gets to the beginning of God. And I think that that's, um, you know, what you're describing is you came to the end of yourself and that's when you really came back to the Lord. Now, um, you and Joey, you mentioned, uh, got married. It's almost been five years now. Yeah. And um, how'd you guys meet? Tell us a little bit about your story. Yeah. So I um, was living in Texas at the time and my best friend uh, was back up in Washington and she grew up with Joey and they reconnected on a project and she called me and was like, Carrie, this is the guy. Like, you've got to meet this guy. And I didn't think he sounded like my type and I wasn't very interested and he was dating someone else at the time. So he wasn't very interested. Um, And a couple months later, I ended up moving back to Washington and he saw me, um, I think it was like at a church event or something. And then he was just trying to meet me any way that he could. So he kept telling people that knew me, hey, I want to meet Carrie. Like, does anyone know Carrie? (laughs) How do I meet (laughs) Carrie? Um, And I was in and out and had no idea who Joey was. And finally, one day, um, it was kind of weird. I I had just started ministry and didn't have a lot of money, which still don't, you know, still don't. But I kind of just felt like the Lord said, like, go get your nails done, you know, treat yourself today. And I walk into the salon and there were a couple girls that I didn't know very well, but knew kind of through the grapevine. And they were two people that knew Joey really wanted to meet me. (laughs) So they asked if we wanted to hang out and uh, we ended up on a boat and took the boat to go get dinner. And the waitress thought Joey and I were dating and he paid for my food. So I, you know, told him, well, I guess I owe you lunch. And he was way too excited. Um, But I basically had no idea (laughs) that the whole thing was a total setup. Oh, wow. Um, And that everyone on the boat knew that Joey had been wanting to meet me. So um, that was kind of how we met. And he actually recreated that day a year later when he proposed, like from the nail salon to the boat. And instead of uh, dinner, he we pulled up and at a at a pier and my family was there and friends were there and he had a whole party waiting for us. And um, oh, so it was wow. really special. He's quite the romantic. It sounds he like he really is. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <worth awesome. the> <laughs> yeah. So, so here's the question at what point when you guys started dating or, you know, hanging out at what, at what point did you tell him about your past? I was really upfront about it. Um, I had, I mean, I had had people walk out on me. I had a guy walk out on me at a restaurant when he heard about my past. So I, I just kind of over the years was like, I'm just going to lead with it. And if anyone's, (laughs) if that's a problem, like you're not the person. So I actually, I think we even talked about it the first night we met where he was just like, tell me about you. And you know, wow. and typically, you know, when someone asks about your faith, it's like, well, the stories are kind of synonymous. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I was very upfront. 
<laughs> that's great. I love that. I think that that's important because I think our past and the things that God brings us out of are really a part of our testimony. It's part of God's story, you know, the God story that is um, becoming yeah. a part of our lives. And, you know, I find this interesting as well that, you know, we all bring baggage from our past yep. into our marriage relationships. And so, in what ways, good and bad, has your previous relationship affected your relationship with Joey? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I mean, definitely before we got married, some of the bigger things for me was just fear. I had a lot of fear, um, especially because Joey was so different that it. I just kind of had a really hard time going, like, is this real? Can somebody really be that kind? Can somebody really handle arguments in such a gentle way like is this real um and so i had a lot of fear and tried really hard to put up walls or push joey away at times and um so that was a big thing and then even after we got married i think fear for me was a big one where um I, our first six months of marriage i was having panic attacks when he mm -hmm. would travel um because that was a big place where my ex was extremely unfaithful and you know joey uh he does cinematography and he does a lot of sporting events and you can't answer the phone when you're on the 50 yard line with the camera in the middle of the game you know so right. it wasn't like he didn't want to talk to me it just you know those are 12 14 hour days um and i had a lot of fear and anxiety that i was having to to deal with and work through mm -hmm. And how have you worked through some of those things? What's been sort yeah. of the process? You know, I mean, the first one, I mean, when I really tried to push Joey away, I mean, he had to choose to forgive me. And I mean, I blew it big and he still chose to stick around, you know, because God's miraculous that way. Um, you know, but I think the anxiety and the fear um, for me, it was going, all right, I am no longer capable of handling this by myself. Um, and so I went back to counseling and um, got some friends that I could call if, you know, if things were not getting to a good point and, and all of that. And I did the work. I mean, there's kind of not a way around it. It's just through. Um, and, and, you know, thankfully I haven't had any of that, um, you know, in years, which is great. So that's, that's awesome. Now you have a new book coming out called the merge. Um, why don't you tell us about that? What's that book about? Yeah. So the merge, you know, it's kind of funny. Um, one of the things Joey and I discovered, I mean, we got married late. Um, I was 30, Joey was 34, you know, and you're kind of an established adult at that point for the most part. Um, and one of the things that I noticed was really different about this marriage was we weren't fighting about big things. Like it wasn't character. It wasn't integrity. It wasn't, it wasn't big things, but it was all these little things that we just couldn't seem to get on the same page about, like the dishwasher. Like I never thought that the dishwasher could be a source of conflict, but yeah. it absolutely is. Now, are you talking about like how you load the dishwasher? Or? Yes, there's like there's an appropriate way to load and unload. And then, I mean, I grew up in Arizona. You're always in a drought. He grew up in Washington. There's way too much water. Yeah. So he would run it with two dishes in it and like my heart would explode. I'm like, that's not right. You, know, you can't do that. And I thought I was really chill until we got married and apparently <laughs> I'm not. So, <laughs> oh, But about so six true. months in, you know, we were both going, oh my gosh, like how are we, are we ever going to be on the same page? Um, and it was all these little things that just kept adding up. And thankfully we went to lunch with some friends and they asked us, you know, how are you guys doing? And 
we both kind of looked at each other and it was like, do you ever get on the same page? How does this work? <laughs> um, and it was really out of that that we discovered, you know, if we had a common enemy, this this merge thing, we were really able to deal with issues in a different way instead of going, well, maybe it's us, maybe it's you as a person, maybe it's, you know, this big thing. It, instead, we had a really common enemy that we could deal with together. And it, it really kind of helped flip the narrative for us and, and helped us get on the same page. Mm. So merge is, is the idea with that sort of like you're, you're yielding when you're merging into traffic. It's kind of more like picture two rivers that are coming together. Okay. <laughs> and so, you know, it's not necessarily an easy process. That's a lot of water and a lot of two really powerful things that are trying to become one more powerful entity. Mm. Um, and that's really kind of what it felt like we were going through. But it's how can you deal with the little things and get on the same page with those little things so that you can, you know, really move forward together. And I think every couple's merging. You know, this book specifically yeah. is kind of about your first couple of years of marriage. But whether you've been married for 30 years or three days, you're merging on something. Yep. Been married 34 years, Carrie. I'm still merging. <laughs> <laughs> and what's crazy about that is, uh, you know, life changes and and you change and hormones change and all of that. Yep. And so you're constantly uh, merging. I used to say, um, hopefully my wife won't get mad at me for saying this. I don't think she will. <laughs> I've said this from the pulpit. But um, the first year that my wife, when we got married, you know, Peter in First Peter Chapter five, it tells husbands to dwell with your wives in understanding. And so I prayed almost every day, Lord, help me dwell with Denise today in understanding. And I really felt like the Lord gave me that. He helped me. And my wife is really, really easy. I mean, I, I've got it made. Um, she's really a... She a, is pretty awesome. Yeah, an easy gal to get, get along with. Um, and so for like 24 years, we just were cruising... And then menopause hit. And oh, yeah, it's real. <laughs> and she turned into a different person. And, yep. uh, and suddenly, you know, it's interesting because I found myself, um, you know, being kind of bummed. Like, what happened to my wife? Who is this person? You know, type of yeah. thing. But the Lord brought me back to that place in our first year where I was praying constantly lord help me to dwell with her in understanding and i started praying that again and now you know i look at this a new season and she you know is, has a lot more anxiety she has a lot more things that she you know deals with that she never used to deal with um but i just cherish that that time and learning to merge together again you know after yeah. even after 34 years so yeah that's a great example. And it's true. We really, we never, we never stop merging. <laughs> yeah. So without giving away, um, you know, a whole lot of the book, can you give us a, a couple of maybe the, the points that you discuss in the book that, you know, would give people a little bit of a taste of, you know, what you're going to be talking about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the cool thing is, is I try, I'm an incredibly practical person. So I tried to make the book incredibly practical so that people could read it and apply it instead of just kind of going, well, that's a great concept, but how? Yeah. <laughs> um, and one of the big things that we talk about, um, well, I talk about in the book, sorry, I'm so used to saying we, because my dad and I write together. So this is weird doing <laughs> one like 
by myself. Um, but, you know, is really keeping things at the issue level. Um, and there's really, you know, three levels, if you will. You know, the first one is an issue. And if you're not careful, you know, pretty soon you can take it up to level two, which is where you kind of start attacking the person. So you're not even talking about the issue anymore. You're more going, well, why would you make such a stupid decision? Or how come you would run the dishwasher when there's not enough dishes? Or you're like, you're no longer really on the dish on the the dishes, you're on the person and why they would make a decision that you don't agree with or whatever. And then the third level, if you're not careful, is you can start attacking the relationship. And so really it's helping people. How do you keep things at an issue level where it's, Hey, we, you know, the dishes have to get done. Let's keep it on the dishes instead of you and different things that you do or our relationship um, and really kind of helping keep those areas strong and and focused on issues. Um, And we talk about blending differences. We have an incredible tool called the connect assessment, which is all about lions and otters and golden retrievers and Mm -hmm. beavers. And how can we really love and value our differences? Because so often, you know, those are the things that attracted us to begin with. But, you know, once you're married, like one example, can I just tell you a quick story? Yeah, we have time. Go for it. So um, Joey and I, when we first got married, well, actually, before we were married, Joey washed my car for me. I came home from a trip and he had asked my roommate for my car keys and he had spent six and a half hours detailing my car. I'm pretty sure my car is still clean. And that was like six years ago. (laughs) And um, but he does things with incredible detail. Well, we've been married two weeks and I come home and Joey comes around the corner and he's wearing a headlamp. And I was like, what's going on? And he was like, I'm just, I'm cleaning. And I was like, well, is there like, did something happen? Was there like an ex- like an explosion? And he's like, no, I'm just cleaning. And that was when I realized, oh my gosh, I loved the detail when we were dating, but I live with this now. <laughs> like, and is he going to expect me to clean with a headlamp? Because I, that's not happening. And it's those things where you're going, well, that was really neat, but now I live with it. Right. <laughs> so how do we how do we blend that where I'm not a headlamp cleaner and he is, how can we both live in the same space and appreciate those differences in each other? Yeah. Now, do you, are you familiar at all? I'm sure you are with the Enneagram. Yes. So what are you? Um, I actually don't know. I've never taken it. Oh, you're kidding. <laughs> uh, terrible. No, it seems, this is like the otter in me. It seems really complicated because there's like numbers and then there's wings yeah, and yeah. then there's like, it okay, so you, you have to really quickly <laughs> describe because you mentioned it twice now, and people are going to go, "What is she talking about? Lions, otters, and just just real quick describe that." We have about yeah. six minutes, so yeah. So lions are really take charge; they're pretty assertive. Um, they're the boss, or they think that they are, um, but they're great people. If you want to motivate a lion, just tell them they can't do something and and watch them take off. Okay. Um, so, but they're, they're awesome. I mean, those are kids that are, that get energy arguing with you and never stop the car on a road trip. Um, so those are kind of lions and then otters are really fun loving. They're, they know tons of people. They just don't know anyone's names. <laughs> they're basically parties waiting to happen. Okay. Um, and otters start a lot of things. They don't really finish very many things, but they start a lot of things. Okay. Um, or like me, you know, I, didn't start the Enneagram because it sounded hard. So, you know, <laughs> um, but they're, they're great. They're super optimistic. They're great with people. They're very verbal. Um, and then we've got golden retrievers who are really um, loyal and sensitive and kind, and they're 
great at finding people who are hurting and really encouraging those people. Um, you know, they also probably buy 18 to 20 boxes of Girl Scout cookies every year because it's <laughs> genetically impossible to say yeah. no. It's yeah. just really hard yeah. to say no, but they're great people. Um, you know, my sister is a, a purebred golden retriever and she sent herself to timeout when she did something oh wrong. <laughs> so yeah, not something a lion would do, but yeah. <laughs> Just, just great people. Um, and then finally, we have beavers, which are detailed and ori- uh, just detail-oriented. They're precise. You know, when a beaver builds a dam, they actually have to bring out the Army Corps of Engineers with C4 and, and explode the dam because it's so well-constructed. So, wow. you know, they, they get the details. Um, there's processes. There's rules, all of that. And so, you know, if you put all of that into a marriage or into a home, I mean, that's wild kingdom. Yeah, right. So, again, it's, it's helping people understand, well, how was I created, my unique strengths, but then my spouse as well. And how can we blend those differences? Because yeah. the reality is, is if you don't, if you don't bend towards each other, you're, you're going to break. Yeah, that's so good. So that's the personality test that you guys have that's connected to your ministry. Yep. Uh, lion, otter beaver or golden retriever Golden retriever. so i'm guessing yep. you're the lion and joey's the beaver or are you so the otter I'm, a, I'm an otter lion so i lead the way to the party or i'm just really <laughs> serious about the fun we're gonna have yeah um and joey is actually a really unique blend he's a golden retriever lion wow but okay. he has a lot of beaver too so and so you're learning to merge all of that together yeah. And, you know, I mean, the interesting thing is, is when we got married, I had virtually zero golden retriever and I retook it about a year ago. And my golden retriever is has quadrupled. Wow. There you go. Um, And it's really because of Joey where I'm realizing my delivery for him to hear things and to be, you know, I, I would say something that I didn't feel like was very direct or very harsh and he would just deflate. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of this choice of, well, I can continue to just dig my my heels in and say, I'm a lion. That's who I am. Or I can choose to bend and say, well, <laughs> I really love my husband and I don't want him to feel like that around me. Yeah, That's great. So when's the book coming out, Carrie? Yeah, it should be about a year from now. So it's a little ways to go, but um, we're going to have a lot of promotion and stuff ahead of that and even some early reader advance copies. So um, there'll be people that'll actually probably get to read it in the next couple of months. Great. Well, I can't wait to read it. It sounds like it's going to be an amazing work and really appreciate um, you. You're such a great communicator. And we've been wrapping up our season two episodes with these rapid fire questions. So I want to shoot a couple of these at you if you're. All right. Okay. So number one, what's the most impactful book that you read other than the Bible in 2020 and why? Yeah. Um, gosh, I read a lot in 2020 because what else were we all doing? Um, <laughs> but I think the one that probably stuck with me the most is Created for Connection mm-hmm. by Sue Johnson. Okay. Um, and I think there's a lot of reasons why I really love that book, but it really helps people understand um, connection and, and exactly how important and critical it is in our life, which is something odd to be reading during a pandemic when we're all <laughs> you know, socially <laughs> yeah. distanced. But it really um, 
it just shows that need that we all have for unconditional love and acceptance Mm -hmm. and how we can really be that for people that God has placed in our homes. And as the world opens up, continue to be that for people outside of our homes as well. Mm, Love that. We have time for one more. Um, What are you most burdened for the church as a whole? What's the biggest burden on your heart for the church Mm. in 2021? You know, I really think um, there has been a lot of polarization Mm -hmm. in the church on a lot of different issues. And I would kind of love to see people just lay it down and say it's all about Jesus. Amen. And let that be a unifier. Like everyone talks about unity and all of that, but I think surrender has to come first. So I think that's kind of kind of been my heart lately is all right how how can i just say all right lord how do i really love people um in this season and how can we as a church really love people Mm, I love that. I am with you on that. That's been one of the things that's been burning on my heart as well. And um, I think that's a great, great word and a great way to wrap up today. So, Carrie, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, Really appreciate you and your ministry and uh, look forward to getting a chance to read The Merge when it comes out. And you keep shining for Jesus, okay? Awesome. Thank you so much, Rob. All right, Carrie. Thanks. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. But if you enjoyed that conversation with Carrie and would like to hear her moving full story of being rescued from an abusive marriage relationship, you can find that on the January 29th, 2020 episode of our podcast, The Basics of Life Conversations podcast. It's a really amazing story. You know, it's awesome to know that we serve a God who is the God of the rescue, and he's still rescuing people today. And if you need rescuing, just call out to him. And if we can help here at Calvary Vista, we would love to hear from you. Well, until next time, remember to keep the basics of your life simply Thank you for listening to the Basics of Life Conversations with Rob Salvato, where Rob hosts interviews about culture, life, and ministry. You can find more Christ-centered content at goodlion.io. If you're encouraged by today's conversation, please share it with a friend, leave us a review, or give us a rating on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Also, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. We have some incredible conversations for season two that you're not going to want to miss here on the Basics of Life conversations.